edition of the We're Working on a Podcast, the best sports podcast out there in all the land. It's me, your boy, your host, Justin Incredible, speaking with the tag team duo who has never lost, according to LeVar Ball, with Zach and Stone. Thank you guys again for joining us on this adventure. Before we start, um, I just want to let you guys know that I have a new YouTube series out right now. It is called Joystick. It is a old school video game series with a new school flow. We basically take your favorite artists that no one knows about and we let them play their favorite video games growing up. Catch it out on the YouTube page. The link will be in the description below. And yeah, that's it. So back to foolery and coonery. Uh, thank you guys again for joining me. Um, I'm glad Zach saw that ass whooping that Porzingis gave to his Nets on Mars of the King Day. <laughs> going to the back door. All I saw was was KP go through your defense like a Swiss Army knife, the Lafian knife. <laughs> there we go. Clearly not. I'm pretty sure it's just like we'll shoot a three and hope you guys don't make a basket. I'm pretty sure that's how you guys from uh, national basketball now. <laughs> Sounds dumb to me. Got you, got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But outside of us, you know, Zach's team still being trash, we need to talk about uh, we need to talk about the greatest living QB who's gonna be playing this Sunday in the championship game. No, we are not talking about um, Napoleon Dynamite's twin brother, Nick Foles. No, we are not talking about Case about to secure the bag, Keenum. And no, we're not talking about Brady, I have small balls. It is the god Blake Bortles who is out here balling and gave the Pittsburgh Steelers the L. Now, before we even get to the, the GOAT of quarterbacks, we need to talk about how the fact that the Steelers were talking hella greasy. Now, there's there's certain times in sports where I truly believe that like you have to bet the other way on certain things. One, when everyone pick, thinks that one team's going to win, always bet the other way. And two, when the other team is talking a lot of trash and they're not taking their opponents seriously, okay? Those are the two ways you get beat all the time, okay? I don't know why or how that is, but it happened twice so far this past weekend. You had it with the Falcons, who, again, I don't know why I keep trusting Atlanta sports because Georgia burned me and so did Atlanta, both in football. Never trust Atlanta sports again. And also with the Steelers, who got 45, ran up on them by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, so first, let's just got to talk about the defense and the sassiness. Do you guys think that this is more Pittsburgh losing this game because they were talking trash, or Jalen Ramsey got real sassy and guided the team to a win? Well, Jacksonville... I'm pretty sure the percentage for their salary usage is 60% on just the defensive line. Like, there's six, maybe seven guys that they have spent 60% of their salary on just on the defensive line. So, 
when you have that much money invested in the defensive line, obviously you're probably going to get some sacks out of that. So they had constant pressure the entire game. I mean, they forced turnovers. Uh, they hit Big Ben all the time. And hitting Big Ben isn't really that much of an issue for the Steelers just because he's a very large human being and sometimes, or most of the time, just doesn't fall down. But they were hitting him down. They had an interception and a fumble within like three or four drives, I think, on Big Ben. So, I mean, when you spend 60% of your money on just the defensive line, you're going to get, you would hope that your team's going to get to the quarterback if you're spending that much money on just those few players. Um, But Jacksonville defense is very good, obviously. They have uh, Jalen Ramsey on one corner and then. Boyer or something like that on the other corner who gave up his first touchdown of the season. It's been 18 games. He hadn't allowed a single touchdown in the entire season, and he gave one up to, I think, Antonio Brown, which, by the way, was he had two or two uh, touchdowns, and both of them were absolutely ridiculous catches that probably every other wide receiver in the league wouldn't make, especially Julio Jones dropping things in the end zone. They were one of 18 thrown to Julio Jones this season in the red zone. One of 18. He's like six four. Fat chance. Not when he can only complete one out of 18 passes throughout the entire season, 20 yards outside of the end zone. One of 18. Julio Jones is not good. He's not great. He's good. He's not great. Let's back up. Let's back up. He's he's not great. He's good. No, he's he's still great. <laughs> he's one of eight, the best in the game right now. But. One of eighteen begs to differ. When you have an MVP quarterback throwing to you, he's a possession wide receiver. Six no, four. his no, he's a he can get behind you. His biggest no, his biggest problem is, and what most people say is like, he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. Which if you have played fantasy football, which I do. That's my number one reason why I never draft Julio Jones because he never scores touchdowns. He only had and he always gets hurt. Two came in one game, and he does get hurt from time to time. Um, but he's the teeth of typical, you know, six four two whatever, and he can run all the routes. So that's why Antonio Brown. But Antonio Brown just scores a bunch of touchdowns. So I don't know what it is how like he doesn't get. Because you can't give me, oh, he gets doubled. Antonio gets doubled. Odell gets doubled. A.J. Green gets doubled. Like, exactly. Like, you can't tell me how how Odell Beckham, who is about, what, six inches shorter than him, maybe about 30 pounds, 20 pounds less, gets 10 touchdowns a season. He averages 10 touchdowns a season. Obviously, this season he was hurt. Um, But it's, it's... like, bro, the amount of times you get you throw the ball, you should not end up with three touchdowns. I don't know if that's the – but that's got to be someone on Julio. But that's neither here nor there. Um, my, from my perspective, um, I love the I love Sassy Jalen. That's uh, my new nickname for him is Sassy Jalen. He talks a lot of smack. Uh, that defense didn't play well. They, only, they had two t- turnovers, um, and both of them led to touchdowns. One was obviously a pick six, or not pick six, it was a scoop and score, and the other one was a pick that led to a uh, a touchdown. Um, but this was actually the fact that Blake Borders wasn't terrible. That was the main thing that actually happened. Um, and the fact that he wasn't that bad makes people now think that the uh, Jacksonville Jags have a chance against New England. So, again, guess who's betting Jacksonville against New England plus the line, baby? <laughs> Your boy. 
so the GOAT, Blake Bortles, you know, was out there sassing it up, balling. He didn't turn a rock over. But I, I I saw him now. Do you guys think uh, Coughlin, not Coughlin, what's his name? Tomlin is going to be any heat to potentially get fired or whatever? Yeah. I mean, he had spit in his beard for the entire second half. Y'all really think he should get fired? He had spit in his beard for the entire second half, and no one had the courtesy to just go up to him and be like, hey, by the way, Tomlin, you might want to wipe your beard real quick. He got a lot of spit that's kind of frozen on your beard now. I don't know. If no one's going to go tell him that he has spit in his beard for an entire half of football, no, no chance. He's gone. Um, so does anyone out here think that uh, Jacksonville has, have a, has a chance against uh, New England? I mean, I think they do. The Dolphins this year in that week, whatever, 13-14 matchup in Miami, the secret to beating Tom Brady or basically any quarterback is just hitting them repeatedly and sacking them a lot, which Jacksonville is very good at. Um, they also have those two incredible corners on each side of the field guarding Brandon Cooks and miscellaneous white wide receiver that the Patriots just throw in there every year. Um, the one that you always have to have now is Chris Hogan outside of Wes Walker. Uh, yeah, 7 Chris Hogan, X Dolphin, yeah. which we released. But um, And they have, I think Jack, the linebacker, is going to cover Gronk is what they've said. So, I mean, the coverage doesn't look horrible. Yeah, I think it's going to be like Jack and like I can't say the other safety's name. They're supposed to uh, double him. Yeah, so the, the coverage doesn't look horrible, and you still have Dante Fowler Jr. and Marcel Darius and all these guys rushing at Brady. If they repeatedly hit Brady like the Dolphins did in that uh, late-season matchup on Monday night, they hit him a bunch, and they intercepted him a bunch. So if you can get one interception and you sack him four times throughout the game – that sounds that sounds pretty good as long as Wardles doesn't turn over the ball and Fournette goes for two touchdowns again. So there's a lot that has to happen in order for the Patriots to lose, but it's very possible. All right, so I'm just looking up um, New England's playoff history um, since basically 01. I was actually wrong last week. I said they only lost once if they didn't have a bye week. Um, They've actually lost twice. The other time was when they lost to the Jets. I forgot they lost to the Jets. Uh, in 2000, it was the 09, 2010 season. That was the year the Jets went to the uh, AFC Championship game back-to-back years. Uh, oh, you better believe oh, it. Mark, Mark Sanchez? All-time great. Okay, so <laughs> um, they lost. Um, the last loss they had in the postseason was to Denver. That was 2015. Um, that was that was the one where Brady got hit a bunch and they almost they almost completed the pass to Gronk late, but they didn't get the two point conversion. Uh, the loss before that was the 2013 Conference Championship when they lost again at Denver. Um, Brady, you know, didn't necessarily play well, or they didn't really play well in that game. Loss before that was the Ravens um, 2012 Playoff Conference Championship game. That was when the Ravens won the Super Bowl that year. And then last um, three loss, and then they lost again in 2012 against the Giants. That was Super Bowl. Um, lost to the Jets in the divisional round, and then lost to the Ravens. But that was back in 09 when we were talking about that. Uh, okay, so my thing is this. So I'll just make a case for how I think the uh, Jags will win. So obviously you need the D-line, Okay. You need to be able to get to Brady before. We, we've talked about that a bunch of times. 
but underrated also is the fact that it's it's not necessarily like Gronk all the time. It's the third down plays where like they always do that little like crossing route where they eventually somehow get you know Hogan or whoever Cooks or you know one of their guys out free and you know is able to get that key first down so they can be able to to, to drive constantly. But the biggest things I think that they need to do is end the quarters good. So, or end the half's good. So, the second half, like when it's two minutes or whatever left, and the, if the Patriots have the ball, they can't let them score. Either their offense has to stay on the field or the defense cannot give up three. Because what happens every time is the defense gives up three or whatever, they get a field goal, and then the offense comes out with a completely different game plan. The defense knows what happens. They score a touchdown. Then now all of a sudden, it's you could have been down, you know, three now you're down 13 at that end of the point with the end of the half and also beginning the third and the key is not only you have to hit um brady but you got to hit gronk as well i don't know do you guys remember when seattle went to new england and played them i think it was after seattle lost the super bowl in 2014 i think and uh, that would have been 2016 right 16 season um, I always remember, but one of the very first plays of the game, they tried to throw it to Gronk, and Earl Thomas came up and smacked Gronk in the chest. Now, I believe Gronk played some more in that game, but he was not right. You know, he got hit hard. Now, I think he missed the next game, if I'm not mistaken. But you got to put hands on this guy, okay? Like, there's that that's the only way you're going to be able to beat him in this whole um series right now because if you can't put hands on him then he's going to torture you the entire time you're down the court so those are my my breakdowns of how the Jags are going to do it are they going to be able to do it no but that's best case scenario yeah the Jags have to go up early they can't get down within the first quarter they can't play from behind at all facts and some reason Zach's freaking thing just messed up, but it's okay. I'm about to keep going because my man got to fix his own thing. You would love how how Zach's the one who got his thing messed up, and it's funny because he's messaging us now <laughs> online. It's because he's a Nets yeah, fan. I mean, That's why he's gone. When you're, when we you're a Nets him. fan, these things happen. Your team's been terrible. They left their own fan base. They move out to Brooklyn where no one no one goes to the games. If you watched the game yesterday, there was, you know, 70% Knicks fans were in the building. I mean, I don't even understand why this why this guy comes on this podcast and he constantly gets, you know, crapped on for his opinion about things. But, hey, listen, whenever Zach wants to come back on this pod, we'll allow him back and take him out the closet again. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, we'll just lock him down in, in the meantime, basement. We'll just say facts. Yeah. He's still trying to get on, but for some reason, he's just <laughs> not going to be able to get on. All right. But outside of Zach trying to get back on, the Minnesota Vikings are trying to get back on to figure out how did they just win that football game. So, obviously, everyone saw the play. Stephon Diggs was able to score with no time left on the clock. And the Vikings win their um, playoff game. Their first playoff game, I think, in a long time. I don't remember the last time they won. Oh, I think the last time they won a playoff game was when they played the Saints, actually. Uh, no, not the Saints. When they played um, – when Brett Favre was there. I forgot who they played in the first round. But that was when they got to the NFC Championship game and lost to the Saints. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so Diggs wins the game. So how much do you think Twitter has eviscerated 
uh, Marvin Williams. Is it Marvin or Marcus? I think it's Marcus Williams for that play. The corner? Yeah, the no, corner? Because the, there's like three moves. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Secondary, like whatever. Same thing. Secondary whose name um, uh, has Williams. Like PJ, Marcus, and then they have a Marvin Williams too. Jeez. I mean, that guy, he's just oof. That he what did he do? I don't I don't understand what he was trying to do at all. I have no idea. Like he saw Stefan Diggs, came up behind him, and then as Diggs jumped, he just kinda ducked and kinda went into a fetal position. I, I have no idea. I really have it just made no no sense. Like you can't pass interfere him there because that's in field goal range where he catches it. But then again, you can't not pass interfere with him because he catches it, he's gone. There's no one behind him. He is the safety. He is the second coverage there. So I have no idea like what he was thinking, what he was doing. Did he fall? Did he just crumble and turn into a pillar of salt? I don't know, but a lot of Saints fans, I was looking on Snapchat. I have a couple of Saints fans on my Snapchat. And um, one of them said, just ball me up and throw me into the fucking sun. Like, it, it was pretty depressing to be a Saints fan then. As a Dolphins fan, it's pretty depressing almost every week. But as a Saints fan in recent years, it's not as horrible. But that play, it just made no sense. It really didn't. Um, I think what he probably was thinking, which a lot of uh, analysts have said, was so if he, if he tackles them inbounds, the game's over, okay? Um, so he wanted to somehow make sure he didn't get on the sideline because I think, because the pass was completed. Now, once the pass is complete, if uh, he gets out of bounds, that's about, what, two seconds left on the clock, they can kick about, I think, a 35-yard field goal, which is obviously indoors, very makeable. But, I mean, this is Minnesota. We've seen them miss, you know, kicks in the past um, in their history. Exactly. All the time, actually. Shout out to uh, what's the about every year lost the Seattle game. Uh, Blair, Is that, uh, Walsh, Blair Walsh, Walsh, maybe the man, the man had to go all the way to run away to Seattle. Thanks. God, it was um, terrible. But yeah, no. So um, but the thing is, I think he thought he he had to keep him in bounds. Um, he you can see him. He tried to attack his like outside leg, but the fact that he kind of jumped up in the air and then turned back inside. I think what he thought was Diggs would have just kind of went, you know, outside. But I think the pass and the way Diggs landed, his momentum pushed him inside, you know? And what made it even worse is that when he, when he tackled him, he even tackled the corner who was, like, behind the plate in front of the, in front of the pass. So then there's nobody there. That's why everyone was like, why is there no one running after him? It was like, there's no safety there. He was the safety. Um, I, I just think he, I think he overthought the play. Um, and what sucks is the fact, like, this isn't, like, kind of like a basketball thing where, um, you know, like, you can, like, in basketball is, is, a, is a great individual sport in the sense that one player can truly dominate a game and help lead a team to a championship. Now, maybe not now, but definitely back in the day that can affect. He plays safety, okay? There's only so much he can actually do to ever write that wrong, you know? He might he might one day win a Super Bowl and it really might not ever be his uh be his fault. Or not fault, but he might never actually like do anything to actually do it. Now, what's funny is um I don't know if you guys watch on Undisputed or not, but Shannon Sharp made this point where like 
he really hopes this guy is made of quote unquote the right stuff because um you guys remember Raheem Moore when uh they lost to the to the uh when they lost to the to the Fal- not the Falcons, the Ravens that year? Nah. So Raheem, you don't remember the, the when Denver was up. I think it was Peyton Manning's first year there. The um, they were yeah, the Hail Mary when he threw it up and Raheem Moore just didn't get back far enough and let Jacoby um what's his name? Jacoby something. Yeah, Jones. Jacoby Jones get right behind him and threw it up and they said Raheem Moore was wasn't in the league anymore. And you never know if that play like mentally messed them up or not, but that's what happened then. You bet you because you know people on Twitter are gonna kill this guy. They've been oh, killing yeah, him probably all day. Yeah, they've been probably killing him all day. All like all week. Every time he goes on IG, there's gonna be a meme of him like doing that pass. Someone's probably got that already as their profile picture on Twitter. Like, it's hard being an athlete nowadays because you can just get crapped on day after day. Not just like the regular media, but like social media, people in your streets. Like, it's just bad. And so, I I really hope for the kid that he doesn't you know completely lose himself and actually continues to play well, but. Yeah, you got the minute the miracle in Minneapolis. Now you have the all-time Jeff Jeff Fisher game, known as uh, Nick Foles versus Case Keenum, who were both on the same team when Jeff Fisher was coaching. Which, if there's any doubt that Jeff Fisher is a terrible coach, like a terrible coach, that's this. Like you got two guys that you have in your roster who I think won like what, like four games combined one year. Yeah, because they both played in the same season like two years ago. Yeah. And also, let's not forget, too, it's actually three quarterbacks. He has Sam Bradford, too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He has everyone. <laughs> three quarterbacks who, 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 were, who were on in the NFC Championship game, in championship games, and he could have won with any of them. Look, okay. here, here's Jeff Fisher's goal. His goal was to become the losingest coach of all time, not the winningest, the losingest. And he was one game away from setting that record. Excellent. The Rams fired him. And I was really upset that he wasn't able to set the record. Because, mind you, Jeff did go to the Super Bowl with Steve McNair and Eddie George and that Titans team in 99 or 2000, whatever it was. It was in, I think and it was then, 99 going into the 2000 season. Yeah, 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 99. And they lost to the Rams because uh, I think his name's Kevin Dyson. Didn't have, he didn't. He didn't drink enough milk right before then. He didn't drink enough milk. Couldn't get there. But seven and nine every season. That's all he wanted. Yeah, bro. Facts and so big facts and the fact that it's like Case Keenum. This might honestly be the worst quarterback NFC Championship game I've seen in a while now. I think one time didn't uh, Jeff Garcia never got to the championship game. I don't believe so. Um, but in recent no. memory, it's been really good. I mean, last year it was uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Matt Ryan, and then the season before that was it. That wasn't Cam versus Carson Palmer. That was two years ago. Um, I feel like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was in a bunch of them because they got to the Super Bowl back to back years. Uh, yes. Yeah. So we've always had like good to decent to great. I mean, obviously Kaepernick and Russell Wilson was in one. We've always had like good to great uh, quarterback play, at least one. But both these guys are probably going to be backup quarterbacks again next season, uh, depending on how everything shakes out. But I'm really interested in the fact that I don't know who's going to win. I would be rooting for Minnesota because I can't stand the fucking Eagles. Uh, but 
it'll be a good matchup to see like who will actually come out on top in NFC to get butt whooped by uh, New England again. I just want the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl just because they could play a home game in a Super Bowl. Yeah, and then be the first team to lose a home game in the Super Bowl. Which would be pretty sick, as long as the Jaguars are the, doing, the ones doing it to them. Oh man, I'm praying the Jaguars win, but I mean, I've already bought I, I bought a Blake Bortles jersey during the game last week. Just straight up, just went and bought it. Complete impulse there buy, horrible, horrible. But whenever it comes in, and once Blake Bortles wins that Super Bowl, I'll be wearing it around with pride. It's facts, big facts. Um, Am I good now? Can I talk? No. There you go. Oh my god. No. Okay. You've just been chilling. I don't know why the fuck you haven't been talking. Man, fuck you, right. There. Are, no. Well, I, I've been here. I've been listening for the last couple minutes. But I didn't want to interrupt you guys. Moment in time, someone will shut up. I, I didn't want to. I don't want to interrupt you guys. It's rude. I think. Um, if the Jag, I'm gonna go on the record. If the Jaguars win the Super Bowl, I. If the Jaguars win the Super Bowl. I'll, I'll wax my, I'll wax my chest. I just want to put bro. that out there, um, but I think that's gonna be my bold proclamation. I wanted no, no, no. You gotta do the D'Angelo Russell uh, eyebrow thing. No, wait, what? Come on. You know how D'Angelo Russell has like a little shaved mark in his eyebrows? No, that's weird. Yeah, you gotta do that. Nah, that's my eyebrow, my eyebrows are big enough. They don't need any extra attention. No, that that's that was the whole purpose was to bring extra attention to him. But like waxing my chest, that shit would hurt. Yeah, I just want to see with a shaved eyebrow. No. Oh shit, my bad. I was texting. Uh, nah. What the fuck? Leave that in. Leave Don't cut phone. that. Leave that in. Leave the awkward silence. Yeah, leave, leave that uh, in. Shit, that's funny though. Um, just like how you left for us for like a couple minutes and then just all of a sudden like jump. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Fuck technology. My shit crashed. That's all right. I'm just actually happy that you know we were actually able to converse and got a lot of things done. Um, but that was a cool ten minutes. Getting things done has it been the the forte recently of the Cleveland Cavaliers? They were getting lost again to the. Uh, I mean, losing the Golden State is losing the Golden State, but they lost again. I believe they're two and eight in the last ten. Uh, maybe one and nine the last ten now. Uh, they got blown out by the Timberwolves and Toronto. They had they lost a twenty three point lead to the Pacers, and of course they lost to the aforementioned um, Warriors. The fact that you know they've been getting blown out or just losing these leads has now proclaimed that there's a lot of dysfunction, aka now people are saying that there's issues with Isaiah Thomas because he doesn't play defense. Shocking, he's five nine. Um, there, there are people complaining about getting shots. You obviously had the Khloe Kardashian curse on the team. So this is, I guess we have to talk about this because this is January and LeBron loves the drama in January. This is, I'm just going to tell you what's going to happen. They're going to trade Tristan Thompson, okay? They're going to get him out of Dallas because the Khloe Kardashian curse is real and it's undefeated, okay? We already talked to you about what it would take to break the curse and what happened to Blake Griffin, okay? He not only got hurt twice, two different times, he also got into a major fight with the Houston Rockers who were going to come see him in the secret passageway of the locker room, okay? Ariza wanted to give him that fade. Exactly. The Kardashian curse 
cannot be defeated. So they're going to trade Tristan, and they're going to get somebody, either DeAndre, or they're going to get Boogie. And they about to get to the East Conference. Uh, they're about to get to the finals, where they will get swept by the Warriors. Again. Joe Green's a legend. Can we talk about Gerald uh, Green? He's a legend. How how has he been with the team for like 15 days and just like, yeah, fuck it, let's go fight the Clippers. Like, I don't even care. Like, he just straight up was already dogs with everybody 15 days he's been on like 12 nba teams how does he have this much loyalty already to the rockets it's incredible well i don't know i think it's like the houston thing oh yeah like he is from houston. him being from houston listen you're, you're, like, you're loyal to anyone paying yes that's true but like fighting people for 15 days worth of friendship hmm. dude like let's not act like everyone in the league wants to fight austin rivers i wouldn't be shocked if everyone in the league wanted to fight austin rivers I'd like to see that. I'd like to see anyone fight Austin Rivers. I bet you IT would put him up. Maybe. I feel like IT's got a lot of fight in him, even though he's 5'9". Just because he's short. He probably has an advantage there. Yeah. With a little more, yeah. little more bite Lower in the dog. Lower center gravity, you know. Austin Rivers sucks. All right. Anyway, well, I, I have a lot of thoughts on this, and since I let you guys talk, is, yeah. Really? You should probably save them all Save them all what for the podcast? Wow, that's a great idea, Justin. So I don't I don't even know where to begin with this. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Um, it's not really a shock that Cleveland's getting all this bad press in January, like they do every year. And it's also not a shock that the team is pissed off because they've been getting waxed by everyone they've played. With whenever any team is facing a losing streak, they're not going to be happy with each other. Um, and with this Cavaliers team, it's a little weird because they're worse off than they were last year, even though they have Isaiah Thomas. He's not healthy. Um, he's a defensive downgrade from Kyrie, uh, and they can't really be mad at that because they knew what they were getting themselves into. Um, also, LeBron was reportedly against trading Kyrie. I don't know what all of that was about. I mean, he probably figured it's like, we're already bad enough defensively. You're sending out Kyle Korver and Jared Smith hoping they'll guard somebody. I mean, no disrespect to them, but they just, they just can't do it. And I, LeBron recognized that. And he's like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to trade Kyrie, whatever. I'm not so sure if they're going to be able to trade Tristan Thompson because he has no trade value right now. If he were playing well, it's different. His contract is already outrageous, but you can't have a bloated contract and not produce and expect trade value. It's just, it's not going to happen. Any team that wants Tristan Thompson is going to want the Nets pick. And if I'm the Cavaliers, I'm not parting with that because LeBron has been reluctant to commit long term to your franchise. You don't want to, you don't want to have him leave and then be unable to rebuild properly. That's just, that's not a good look for the franchise. Um, I don't know if they would want DeAndre Jordan. Um, DeMarcus Cousins, maybe. But you're still with DeMarcus Cousins, you're going to have a third person who is going to want a lot of shots. And you're going to have two of them in the front court. So now you're going to have to pick and choose between Kevin Love and DeMarcus Cousins. I don't know if LeBron wants to do that. I don't know how well they'd be able to assimilate with only half the season so if you are able to get a trade i mean and those are your only two options 
DeAndre is a better choice just because he's not he doesn't need the ball offensively. All he's gonna do is play defense and rebound. But ultimately to compete with the Warriors, they're gonna need a spark plug type scorer who's low usage and is like a catch and shoot kind of player who can handle the ball if need be. Someone who's similar to Lou Williams. Like he's out there in Los Angeles and he's putting up numbers, but he's not the same kind of electrifying scorer that a lot of other guards are. He can he just he needs two seconds to get to get a bucket. And that's why him and Blake Griffin work so well together because Blake Griffin can play point forward and then when Milos is out there when he's not hurt, he can do a lot of the facilitating. But I don't know if the Clippers would take Tristan Thompson in that deal. Um, I mean, if I'm the Cavaliers and I want to hold on to the Brooklyn pick, I mean, it would be it would be the worst phone call ever. But Kobe Altman, Kobe Altman would have to call up Lawrence Frank and be like, all right, listen, bro. I'll give you Amon Shumpert, Derek Rose, and Tristan Thompson for Lou Williams. And he would have to beg him to make that deal, which is just totally ridiculous but i mean long story short cleveland they're stuck between a rock and a hard place there's really nothing they can do to compete with the warriors big facts like if they if this were a team without kevin durant it's different and it's every time the two they play every time well, almost every time i don't want to say every time but the two times they've played this year both games they've been competitive games but in the second half, especially um, whenever they played, they played Monday. The Cavaliers just run out of gas because they don't have enough talent to keep up with the Warriors. And the Warriors can have they can. What's the word I'm looking for? They're able to play sloppy. They're able to have lapses on defense because they have four All Stars who are in the prime of their careers that can go out and rectify it. Cleveland isn't. In that it's LeBron, it's Kevin Love, it's half of Isaiah Thomas right now, and then it's just a bunch of role players who aren't good at filling their role anymore. Uh, I mean, who the Cavs recently lost to? They lost to the Warriors, which is a given. The Raptors, okay. The the Timberwolves are what number four in the West right now. They're they're doing they're doing pretty solid. They lost to the Warriors, the Timberwolves. The Raptors. And then the Raptors, who have, I think have are in their like best season with DeRozan and Lowry together. They're playing crazy well. Dude, they've been play they've been playing crazy. And then they played they lost to the Pacers who have Victor Oladipo in a Indiana jersey, which is essentially LeBron. So DeMar DeRozan has totally changed his game. It's it's ridiculous. And, um, all of those except for the Pacers losses. Lost to the Pacers. They're like reasonable, but I mean the way they've lost them is not reasonable at all. They can't lose by that much in all of those games. And it's it's weird because the Warriors are objectively better than every other team in the league. And it's it's so weird how Cleveland can go out and lose by thirty four to Toronto and then hang with the Warriors for eighty percent of the game. And that's why a lot of people are talking about effort. It's like even watching the Warriors play, like when you're watching LeBron and it's in the first quarter and he's aggressive and attacking the basket, you feel like he's playing with a different level of 
well, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. It's like you, you feel like he's rising up to the competition, kind of, which is weird. But even if it is an effort issue, like I said, they don't have the talent to fix it. And even if they do fix it, it's nothing's going to come of it because they still have to beat the Warriors four times. I mean, they maybe can do it once, but four times it's highly unlikely. This happens like every year with the Cavs. This is the worst it's been, though. Since he's come back to Cleveland, it's slowly gotten worse. It's like every, the last, when they first lost to Golden State, it would have been a series if Kyrie weren't, if Kyrie didn't get hurt. They had a legitimate shot to beat Golden State if Kyrie wasn't hurt when they lost. That went six games, didn't it? Did it go six games? I think it was four Yeah, because Kyrie played most of the first game. I think he got hurt right before overtime or end of the fourth quarter, whatever that was the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah, he got he played most of the first game. And Kevin Love also had his shoulder torn apart from his body by Kelly Olenek, so... And then LeBron by himself is good enough for at least one win. With no Kevin Love and basically... Yeah, Kevin Love no got Kyrie. all the way fucked up. Like, Timofey Mozgov was LeBron's center of that series. Like, come on, man. Yeah, that, that series should have been a lot closer if either Love or Kyrie were in the series. But, I mean, it happens every year. And then LeBron's going to turn up for the last, what, 15 games of the season? They're like, oh, the Cavs are going to beat the Warriors, and they're all, all these think pieces are going to come out, and then the Warriors are going to sweep them. So it doesn't even matter. No, 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 don't, 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 don't even, don't even give any hope to that, because there are so many. Every human is dumb on the internet. I think we're smart enough by now. I hope that the NBA community is smart enough to realize that there are some people that want to react. I mean, and like. Then- Everyone else is like, oh, LeBron's going to lead him to Gavin 7 and win again for Cleveland and then leave. I know there are some people who aren't going to overreact. Fucking Cavs. A majority of, yeah, a majority of, yeah. They're, gonna have, they're better off just, like, I understand that every, that they want to win the title, but it's not going to happen. They're better off just, like, starting to plan for the future now because you shouldn't bank on LeBron staying because he's not going to want to. I mean, the Cavaliers, for most of his tenure, they failed to put him in a position where he has the pieces to compete. And it was okay the first time he went there, but it was it was like, at least to people judging LeBron, it was okay because he had never won before. Now he goes to Miami, he wins a couple titles. He's expected to win a title no matter what the team is, which I think is a little backwards. It's like the situations in Miami and the situations in Cleveland are wildly different. In Miami, you had three top 10 players on a team and then literally no one else other than what Mario Chalmers and Norris Cole. The role players on Miami were better suited for their roles than the ones on, than the ones on this Cavaliers team. Because you had what Joel Anthony, Shane Battier, Norris Cole, Mario Chalmers, um, Mike Miller was on that team. Yeah, like you had, yeah, you just had players shooters. who had different roles. This Cavaliers team, it's LeBron, it's Kevin Love. I said, yeah, we talked about this already. But like, then it's Jeff Green. I mean, Dwayne Wade, who's inconsistent at this point in his career. Hey, 
put some respect on Jeff Green's name. He gives you about three games every year where we're like, hey, Jeff Green's actually really good. And then the rest of the season, he's shit. He's not in, the, he's not in a position where he's going to have a lot of positive light shut on him. He's an offensive player who's only whose only capability is attacking downhill, which is fine. But you can't put him out there with four other guys who can't defend, make him guard the best player, and then get mad when the best player burns him. It's like this Cavaliers team is, on paper, on paper looks a lot better than it does on tape. Because you see all the names, it's like, oh, this team's going to be great. And it's like, no, they're not. It wasn't strategic. It wasn't constructed strategically. Well, I mean, this team was kind of mismatched together. This wasn't the team that they expected to have. They expected to have Kyrie. Honestly, they could have even had, you know, Paul George and Eric Bledsoe, if you read some of the rumors about the trade that could have happened if you read what Kyrie said beforehand, how they thought that Cleveland was going to trade him to Phoenix either way. Um, But, you know, I guess that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, honestly, man, like, this is just a – this is this is the Cavaliers the way they are and they're really dysfunctional. Honestly, if I'm if I'm the Cavs GM, if I'm Colby Altman, which if you guys haven't read, there's a there's a good piece about him on ESPN.com about how his help about his come up. Um, I don't I don't know what you do because I would be definitely afraid to trade that pick and basically add three guys to my team who can all walk, which is Isaiah, Boogie, and LeBron, you know? Now, this is this is an interesting point because, as, as you just brought up, he should be reluctant to trade that pick because history repeats itself if we don't learn from history. And a couple of years ago, what did the Brooklyn Nets do? They traded their future for a handful of quote-unquote stars that were going to help them win. It is, what, three years later? And just now this team is starting to resemble a team that is properly rebuilding. Cleveland should not trade that pick. Here's my here's my thing about that. So I, I, I kind of think trades, not trade. I think kind of picks are overrated in what we are. I think Boston got kind of lucky on a couple, couple spots. So first, first lucky thing. Yeah, first first lucky thing is um when they when they uh when they when the first lucky thing is getting IT, you know. They traded I don't, I don't remember what they did, but to get Isaiah Thomas, they probably didn't think they were going to be that good at the time. Um to be able to get IT and to actually have like a season where I think they were the 8th seed or 7th seed. No, no, they were the 4th seed when it was just them cuz I remember they played Atlanta a couple years ago. They they lost to Atlanta. Um, so they didn't expect IT to, to play that well, basically to have that type of style of basketball. Uh, second thing is, is also the fact that, you know, all the Brooklyn Nets guys basically broke down. But if you kind of look back at that trade, I don't think it was the idea that Paul Pierce, KG, and, you know, Jason Terry were going to be like the keys for the winning championship. It was a fact that, all right, these guys are supplementary pieces for Joe Johnson Brooke Lopez and Darren Williams to, you know, lead us to a championship. And those are really the guys who didn't come through for them. Darren Williams got hurt. Brooke Lopez forgot how to rebound. And Joe Johnson, you know, Joe Johnson, <laughs> like the most inefficient scorer in NBA history. Uh, 
Yeah, I sold Joe, baby. I sold uh, Joe. The Diet Mellow before uh, Michael Beasley. That was Joe Johnson. Um, Diet yeah, Mellow. Diet Mellow. That's, That's a good a, one. No, that's a, Mike Beasley's name. Uh, <laughs> I like Joe yeah, Johnson. I liked him too, but you know, he, he was like, cool. But like, I I know what you mean. Yeah, and so it goes back to the point for like a lot of things had to happen for them to get to where they are. Now they were good moves at the time. Like they they end up looking good because they were winning while they were quote rebound. I mean, uh, while they were um, rebuilding. But Who the Nets? The net, no, 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 the, the Brooklyn, not Brooklyn, uh, the Celtics. They were winning while they, yeah, Boston. They had, they had Brooklyn's picks and they were still winning, right. you know, all their games. So they were able to add younger and younger talent. So now they have mm-hmm. assets. So now they can trade these guys to get, you know, maybe an Anthony Davis that's rumors out for a while, um, or to get Boogie or to get who, whomever they, they might like uh, in the future. Or keep all those guys. You know, they had enough picks to be able to trade to get Kyrie, and they still have more assets. Uh, so, exactly. They, like, I think they have – they also have the Lakers pick if it's between two and five, I think, this year. So, they, that's another pick they have. They still have 18 picks in the next three years or some bullshit. Exactly. So, all this stuff that I think that they can just give away to get players. Because, like, it's about getting players at the end of the day. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see if them actually make make a move to get Clay Thompson to, to give it to Golden State. Um, and so, things like that. So, they've made well on this trade. And, yeah, like, it doesn't look good for Brooklyn. But I think overall, like – there's a lot of luck involved with these things. Now, is that a risk that he should take? Because Denny Ainge was in the business of stockpiling assets. Like, he knew what he wanted to do, and he they did get lucky that a lot of these players panned out how they did. But Denny Ainge has always been in the business of stockpiling assets. Right now, they have Kyrie... Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And those are like the feature pieces for five years down the road, I'm assuming. And they have either a two through five pick this year with the Lakers pick or the next year, which is going to be the Kings pick if they don't get the Lakers pick this year, which is probably going to be a top five pick again. And they add one more piece to that. And I think Jalen Brown's 20 right now and Jason Tatum is 19 and Kyrie is what 25 26 25 ish 24 so by the time that pick comes in and is in his second or third year Kyrie's basically 29 30 and Gordon Hayward's still relatively young he's like 27 I forgot that they had Gordon Hayward like he's not even playing three or four more years of prime Gordon Hayward and that's the guy who's going to go out and get you 22 points. And you get you have, what, two more guaranteed years of Kyrie before you have to pay him again? I think that's what it is. I think so. so I mean, like that. that's a fucking squad. So I, don't, I don't see Danny Ainge giving up any of those future assets because he already has everything in place right now to where they can contend and still end up with a top five pick in the next draft or so. But... Since we're also at the halfway point of the NBA season, I think it was good for us to talk about uh, who are going to be the all-stars again because we're almost pushing at an hour of this pod. Um, so we won't talk about the entire list. We'll just give our five starters um, for the East and the West and just give you reasons why. I'll start off. 
So for the East, uh, my five starters I have easily was Kyrie at the point. I have DeMar, even though I thought about D'Lo for a little bit at the two. I have Giannis at the three, obviously. LeBron at the four. Uh, The fifth spot was hard because it was between three guys. It was between, for me, uh, Embiid, Horford, and Porzingis. Uh, I eventually decided to go with um, Joel Embiid just because this is an all-star game. This isn't like a charity event. Horford is a nice player. I think he should be an all-star, but a starter, okay. Let's calm down. Embiid's a better player. Porzingis is a better player than him, but uh, I decided to give it to Embiid because I think he's having a really good season. It's the first time I think he's played like over you know thirty five games or whatever. Um, I still think he's going to break down. I still don't think his body's going to work out, but for this season, I, I think that he deserves to be the All Star starter. Um, and in the West, I because people will be a little surprised. Um, I still have Steph, even though he missed, what, like 12 games, 14 games, I think, so far with some nagging injuries, um, just because I think he's just offensively a top two player in the NBA. I don't think his hot – I think his hot is hotter than anyone else's hot. Uh, at the two, I had Harden, again, missing the injuries, but I still have him at the two. The three spot, um, I put – who did I put at the three? Hold on. At the third spot, I had no. Oh yeah, you're right. I had Durant. Wow, thought I missed about Durant. Uh, I had Durant at the three, and then the uh, four fives were a little hard. I had AD Anthony Davis at the four. The five was between Boogie and LA. Uh, I eventually went with LA just because I like to reward winning, and for some reason I don't know why the Pelicans are only six with arguably two guys who are going to make All NBA this year. Um, those two guys are scary to watch play together, but I went with L.A., so those are the 10 guys I have for the All-Star team. So I had the exact same as Justin for the East, Kyrie, DeMar DeRozan, uh, LeBron, Giannis, and Embiid. Pretty much for all the same reasons. Embiid has been statistically better than Chris Stapps on defense this season and rebounds more, so that was the reason I gave Joel Embiid, and also to reward him for actually playing more than 31 games this season already. That's a that's a pretty big plus. Um, and in the West, I had Steph, James Harden, Kevin Durant, uh, Anthony Davis, and then I had Boogie at the five. Just because Boogie's been putting up ridiculous amount of numbers and has like 40-20 games. I think he has two of them, which is absurd. And I honestly don't like LaMarcus Aldridge. I think he's a trash can. So that's that's another reason. But yeah, I'm a pretty big boogie stand now after he got traded to New Orleans just because I can watch him more because he doesn't play in California and on Pacific time. But yeah, those are my 10 guys. All right. So I think we all have... The same for the East, Kyrie, DeMar, LeBron, Giannis, and Embiid for all the same reasons. Um, in the West, Steph, Harden, KD. I also have Davis and DeMarcus Cousins in my front court. I contemplated putting Draymond over Anthony Davis, 
but then I realized that we were doing starters, and it's like Draymond's gonna make the team anyway. But I do think Anthony Davis has had a better statistical season. I don't want to say better, um, but I just I've enjoyed watching Anthony Davis play more, and I just I just want to put Draymond on the bench. I do think that he should be in the All Star game. I don't know if there's anyone who doesn't think that, but I'm not one of those people. And I wasn't even thinking about Lamarcus Aldridge, like you were Stone. I don't. That's that he's a trash can, like he's just literal garbage. No, like I wasn't even he was. I wasn't even really thinking of him as like that was Justin's a pick. starter. Like you skipped right over Carl. You yeah. Wait, what? Justin put him. I missed that. I'm sorry. Boogie. Oh my over Boogie yeah, he, and Cat. Like literal trash can in front of Bro, Boogie Marcus and Cat. Is carrying... Dude, right, that's wild. One thing is, I like I value wins, and that's my like main thing. I can't put you. This is weird because it's the all-star voting. Yeah, but at the same time, like, all right, we're going against the best of the best. Like, I need things to the to uh, differentiate between the two. I'm pretty sure Lamarcus Aldridge is still averaging more points than Cat. To me, I'm not putting Cat as a starter. Cat might. Cat. Well, we'll talk about this. Cat has the most double doubles in the NBA. Yeah, and also he plays. The worst How is that unreasonable? Of any center in the league, he's the new Amari Stott. But over the last like 12 games, he's in the. Literally, the literal middle of the NBA right yeah, That's cool. What happened to the other 30-plus games he played? Is rebounding Wait a defense? Minute. Do you count rebounding as defense? Wait a minute. How are you going to value wins if the Spurs and the Timberwolves have the same amount of wins? I would if, you know, the Spurs didn't have the best player, or top five player, hurt for most of the season. Uh, like, I mean, I get that. Some, I mean, uh, I get that. No, no, no. If we're, doing a, if we're doing a snake draft, right? A snake draft. How many guys on your team? You're going to take five guys. How many guys of the of the Timberwolves are you taking over the Spurs? Wait a minute. Exactly. All right. No, 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 hold on. Hold on. I'm taking Jimmy Butler first. No question. Okay. I'll take Cat. And then Wiggins. Okay. As long as Kawhi, Kawhi is hurt, correct? Like in this in theoretical situation. Yeah, Kawhi's still hurt. Okay, so Jimmy Butler, Carl oh, Anthony yeah. Towns, Andrew Wiggins. And then, yo, give me, yo, hold on. I gotta take Bielitsa for how he put Aaron Aflalo in that headlock yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be jealous of Aaron Aflalo until he fucked up that punch, man. That shit was so trash. That was a swing. That was garbage, man. All right, Justin, <laughs> get back to your wrong opinion. Yo, you know he do not know how to fight, how to do that. And he's from Compton, too. No, the fact of the matter is that I value wins. Marcus Aldridge has been the best player on the third best or the fourth third best team in the Western Conference. They already beat the Timberwolves, um, and I just think that Cat definitely not. And Boogie to me, you can give a better argument to me about Boogie than about Crosby Towns. Crosby Towns is playing decent now. He's been playing well the last couple of weeks, but Marcus Aldridge has been playing well from start to finish. Third best team in the West, in the East. The best player, top five player in the league has been hurt. He's been carrying the entire team. Carl Anthony Towns has Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler to lean on. He doesn't have to be the number one option every single time. LaMarcus Aldridge is literally carrying nobodies. Not nobodies because it's with Pop, but rookies you don't know their names and veterans who think that they're over their hill to the now, first spot in the West. I got to respect that and give you an all-star bid. 
now hold on. So this is the weird part about the All Star game. This is this the weird part about the All Star game is it's supposed to reward the players. And so I, I I do think it's a little weird that Justin is accounting for wins in this situation, just because the All Star game is like meaningless. But if I told you that the only statistical advantage that Lamarcus Aldridge has over Carl Anthony Towns is points, that's not changing your opinion. No. If I told you now, I know advanced stats are a little, eh, they're a little weird. If I told you that Carl Anthony Towns had more win shares than LaMarcus Aldridge, that's not going to change your opinion? No, because the way Popovich plays the system, he doesn't play his guys all the minutes. And now, he, gets, he what, lets guys rest all the time. What if I told you that their win shares per 48 minutes, this, this is a, a single game, how much one player contributes to a single game? If by you that metric, stats get to a certain point of being. I just weird. said that. I preface right, this. I preface that. I'm just, saying, I'm listen, just listen, like. I'm, not, I'm just I'm saying. Not, I'm not denigrating you by saying this, but the fact is, to me, is that Lamarcus Aldridge is what 32, going to be 33 this year, and we're arguing whether or not he is better right now than the number one pick of the draft, who's 21, 22 years old. You're arguing that with me. That should. Uh, that I am should arguing that with that you because. Now, stand out that Towns should be doing something. Hold better. on, Lamarcus Aldridge has a rather high usage rating, and I know advanced stats aren't the best metric, but usage is a good indicator of why someone's statistical production is higher than another player. Russ gets a lot of triple doubles because he's a high usage player. Well, he also has the ball in his hand more, and also LaMarcus Aldridge isn't a guard. But you have to understand, the offense runs through LaMarcus Aldridge. The offense does not have to run through Carlton Towns. It runs through Jimmy Butler. So you do oh, understand no. the difference between I have to focus all the defense on one player as opposed to another player. I'm not buying it. It's fine. Listen, maybe Carlton Towns. I know, like, yeah, like, I'm cool. Like, I'm not saying LaMarcus Listen, Aldridge isn't. I'll, I'll even, I, may, I mean, I may have said Aldridge isn't deserving of an all-star spot. I don't think he's deserving to be a starter. I'm, He's had a great year. I'm not trying I mean, to like downplay him. I don't even know if Cat's gonna make the All Star team. All right, you're getting ridiculous. All right, appreciate it. That's all the show for I got for you guys. Make sure you guys follow me on the social media accounts, Just Incred92 on both Twitter and IG, JKNG516, JKing516 on the snap. Appreciate anyone who listened to this. And, you know, like I always do, if you think this podcast was god awful, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, Working on it. Talk to you guys later.